This is the ZMAR Podcast. Elite Benefits of America helps small and mid-sized companies with their health insurance programs. And now, your host, Butch ZMAR. Now, I want to talk about what the value of the broker is. Um, in most cases, we're not paying for it as an employer um, or even an individual. You're not paying for their services. So a lot of times it's looked at as a commodity and we're really not. Um, part of it is because uh, the employer or the individual that's purchasing health insurance and using the insurance agent has no skin in the game. They're not paying for our services directly. It's indirectly. And it's not like you have much of a choice. The premiums are filed with the state that you're buying insurance for, and they have already incorporated the commissions that are already built in. And for years, we've been commission-based models. And that might be dead going forward, but I'm going to walk through that. But right now, commissions are built in, whether you use an insurance agent or not. And so essentially, a lot of people feel like they're getting free advice uh, for the same money they would have spent. And they look at us that we're all the same. And the only thing that's really different are personality difference and jack of all trades. That's why I always joke and say you always go with the more charming broker because it's all perception on what we bring to the table. And when you dive deeper into it, there's a lot of things that could be different between all of us, um, big and small or resources or no resources. Those are some of the things I'm going to walk through today so you could actually have a better understanding of what we're bringing to the table, what the actual cost. I'm actually going to go through some commissions so that way you have an understanding of what we're going through and what we're getting paid for because a lot of people have perceived value in what we do and they don't see the back end of it because they're not actually writing a check or seeing a contract of what we're actually there for. One reason that uh, we're looked at all the same besides just your own perception, but insurance companies give out contracts for health insurance specifically. Health insurance companies give out contracts anybody has a license. And so you could be 19 years old uh, or in your 50s, newly get a license, and insurance companies are just going to give you a contract. Again, I'm specifically talking about health insurance. And the property and casualty world where commercial insurance and auto home totally different animal. Uh, they have expectations that the health insurance world does not. They just say, here's a contract, go ahead. Everybody's getting paid the same. It doesn't matter if I'm the big dog or I'm a small dog. We're all getting paid the same in, in most cases. There are some overriding bonuses at the top end. And so if there's enough business being brought to the table, there is retention bonuses, which creates a financial incentive for the insurance broker to not shop plans. And again, these are for big shops. These are not for small and medium shops, uh, but there are bonuses that are in there. But otherwise, straight commission directly related to a product um, such as a small employer plan or a mid-sized company um, employee benefit program, for the most part, is just straight level commissions across the board regardless of size of the agency. A lot of times insurance brokers could fake it until they make it and they could wing it because employers uh, don't know as much as the agent does. But in some cases, the employer will know more than the agent, but you could stumble right through it. And um, a lot of people do. And of course we do this with all industries, but there's a perception of value that needs to be separated here because you're not paying for the service. So it all gets bundled together and looks like a commodity. So you'll have to dive into it because there's definitely a bigger difference between having multiple resources and giving up on other resources. And so there's people that get into this business and they're focused on one product, one carrier, whatever it might be. And all of a sudden they switch and they move somewhere else. And so in employers' eyes, they don't see this movement, um, but a lot of times it's because they weren't making enough money in one area, so they got to move to the other. 
Now, that's different than having the resources because like in our agency, we look at all these things as tools. If you come to us and say, well, Blue Cross Blue Shield is the best carrier, I can't say that necessarily because situation is going to be the boss. Yes, they have a big name. They're nationwide. There's a lot of great things that follow it. Maybe they are going to be a good fit, but they're just tools, right? How, what, what's, where are we at right now and where are we trying to go and what, what's the problems in between? That's the underlying thing that we bring resources to the table to solve. And so that is a big key difference because you're going to find a lot of brokers that are out there that are going to bounce around a lot, change their conversations, and they're pushing a lot of product because they're trying to make a quick buck or just a buck, right? And everybody's entitled to make money. That's what we're here. It's all, all about the almighty dollar. I get it. But there's definitely a difference between agencies that um, offer value-added resources, whether they're free or they charge a fee for access versus somebody that bounces around some resources and don't focus on uh, helping clients as much as they, they believe they, they might. And this goes for small and large insurance agencies. And one-man shops are just as good as large um, agencies. It depends on who they are, what they're bringing to the table. Uh, one advantage of having one-man shops or smaller agencies, we're more nimble. We're hungry. We, we find resources that are going to be available even if it's outside the box. Large shops are less nimble. They already have a lot of resources. Therefore, they're not going to go ahead and do a whole lot more to find other resources. And you'll find out that a lot of small shops do the same exact job, same resources. The only thing that we can't do is smaller or mid-sized agencies, we can't buy business. And so what I mean by buy business is they create incentives, whether it's reducing commissions or eliminating commissions uh, or some fashion to buy business, we can't afford to do that. Uh, we're trying to grow our company just like many other ones, and we're just not in a position. But the resources are the same. The customer staff is going to be the same as uh, the big guys. So just because they're large doesn't mean you're going to get anything better or they're going to look at you different, um, better than the smaller guys. So there's a lot of things that you have to dive into it and get away from the perception that's on the front page to find out a little bit more. But let's dive a little bit more in into the value that insurance breaker, uh, brokers come to in terms of money. Commissions is a hard topic for insurance brokers to, to talk about. And um, I like to bring it up because there's times where it needs to be done because uh, on both sides, we could be overpaid for some of the stuff we do. And then there's a, most of the time we're underpaid, but you don't see that. And so what I'm trying to do on this podcast recording, at least point out that um, maybe you should have this conversation with your broker because Maybe you're taking too much, taking advantage of them too much, and they're shortchanged at the end of the month, end of the year, or just respect them more for what the work that they're actually trying to do, because that's how we make our livelihood. And if we're losing money, just like you, uh, eventually it's not going to work anymore. And you're going to have to find a new broker. I think more so just understanding how we get paid is important because the perception of being free is not good for us because now uh, you take advantage of us, you change the perception of what, what we actually bring to the table, and um, we're jack-of-all-trades, master of none at that point. But we bring a lot to the table, just a matter of trying to dive into it and uh, making sure because you have to challenge it. And on the flip side is that some of these agencies uh, or agents are way overpaid on some of the business, so you have to demand more out of them. And I'm going to walk you through some of that.
So if we talk about individual policies or family policies, the ones you purchase on your own, let's talk about the Affordable Care Act plans that those are the majority. There are some uh, off the Affordable Care Act model that we are actually paid a little bit more on, but it's a different product altogether. And I'm not going to dive into those. I'm just going to focus on the majority, uh, at least in the Chicagoland area. So the average uh, Affordable Care Act commission for an insurance agency is about $450 per year to the agency. And, and this is a hard topic to swallow for a lot of people. Insurance brokers don't like to talk about it. They don't, they don't want to talk about money. But the reality is it's got to be put out there um, because there there's a respect of doing business with each other. And, um, and if you don't know where that money is coming from and where it's going... Uh, it's not a really good relationship and it needs to be a little bit more open because one of the, these days you're going to have to pay for these services. You're not going to get it incorporated in the, in the premiums and, and therefore you're going to have contracts with insurance agents like you do with attorneys and you do with CPAs. It's just the way the world is moving to. And so it needs to be more relevant on your side. So on an average, it's about $450 worth of commission. If uh, you try to determine what is an agency hourly billable hour worth, right? Um, I've seen anywhere in an industry from 150 to $200 an hour, as high as $700 an hour. And actually, there was a couple of cases that were much higher than that. And even if we just pick $300 an hour, uh, that's what a typical attorney would cost in this area. We are specialized. We're not uh, jack of all trades. We, we know a specific industry, especially in the health insurance world. There's a lot of property and casualty insurance agencies that don't touch health insurance. Then there's some that do it just because they want to capture that revenue and they don't want somebody else stealing the commercial business. But then some of them will hire other experts. But we're, eventually, at some point, you will be dealing with some type of expert in the industry. And $300 is an hour that deals with overhead, cost of services, employees, uh, the whole nine yards. And uh, we're not the administrative shop down the street that we could bill at $25 or $50 an hour. We have a lot of specialized forms. We have specialized knowledge. We have expertise. We have contacts that make your job and life a lot easier. For the average case throughout the year, we probably do, if I had to guess, an hour and a half to talk about expertise, like like what, how do I pick a plan? What networks are they in? We have intellectual knowledge to help cut through the chase. You're not randomly picking plans. You're actually trying to hone down and figure out what your exact option is. But then there's other cases that could take up to three hours because there's back and forth, there's COBRA issues. Maybe it's coming from another employer. Maybe there's some other issues going on. Maybe there's providers involved. There's a whole bunch of stuff. So so even if you say, you know, if you had to do the three hours throughout the entire year, that's $900 in billable um, hours. And so if we're only making $450, we are short. We're in the hole. But I'm not saying we always go down that road, but is $300 a lot? Um, it could be for some people, but it's very specialized. There's not a whole lot of people that understand the exchange inside out. Uh, there's not a whole lot of uh, people that understand moving to Medicare or what people do when they retire, or what size group doesn't uh, change the rules of Medicare Part B and avoid a penalty. There's not a whole lot of people that know that. They're, this is very specialized. People could wing it, but it's very hard because there's a lot of compliance on the back end. Now, let's talk about employer plans. Um, let's just say there's a, you know, the, uh, in Chicago, there's 10 employees actually enrolled in the plan. There's a difference between actual lives on payroll versus um, those who are actually enrolled. We have company plans that have 100, 150 employees on payroll, but we only have 10 people enrolled. There are situations that are like that. So for my example, let's just talk about 10 employees on average. 
for 10 employees, uh, an agency could manage that account for, and they receive a commission of roughly about $3,600 a year. If we break that down into what we actually do, I'm going to walk through the what we're doing, how much time it takes, and then what the end game is or how much, how much are we winning or losing on that case. In the proposal stage, depending on what's involved, it could be three to five hours putting that and prepping it and putting it together, including maybe even drive time there and back. Of course, this is outside of COVID. A lot of things are virtual now, but we're still putting time into the proposal and we should because we're trying to earn that business. We're trying to be respectful of everybody's time, but we also want to put together a solution that's going to solve the problem. Uh, premium is not always the problem. Uh, it's on the surface, it's the problem. It's everybody, it's a big expense. There could be some things that are deeper than that that need to be solved that could be worth a lot more in the long run. You just have to dig into it. So that's part of the proposal stage of putting things together. Proposal stage could also be looked at as the renewal of a policy as well. And if we divulge uh, enough time into it, you're talking about three to five hours putting into it. So if you take that same $300 an hour and we'll split it and say four hours, you're at 1200 bucks. And so that's about what that value is at that point in time for the proposal stage. Then let's say you accept the agreement of, okay, that sounds like a good option for our company, whether it's a startup or, hey, you know, that looks really good. Uh, let's go on and move our employees over to that. So then we have to do the open enrollment. There's an onboarding process, the insurance company paperwork, employer paperwork, there's compliance, there's administration insurance cards at the end, make sure your spelling's all right, birthdays are correct. There's all these mistakes that go involved. And that takes a lot of work. And that's probably a biggest chunk or big chunk of what we do. There's technology actually and making our life easier. But of course, it costs us the money for the technology. And so there's cost involved, uh, overhead employees that are managing this. And so if you broke that down, even if you say it took uh, an agency five hours, to, as much as five hours to put it together, some groups are a lot simpler. It'll, it may be a couple hours from start to finish between collecting the data, verify the data, submitting it to the insurance company, following up with them, making the corrections between the employer, employees, the insurance agency, and the insurance company, because the insurance company makes mistakes too. Um, and of course, we do too. Um, everybody does. Employers, employees. Uh, so we have to make sure that's all correct. So even if we took on average, maybe the five hours times the $300, you're at 1500 bucks. And then throughout the year, there are servicing models. And so throughout the there's uh, employees come and go, maybe COVID compliance issues come up, Illinois continuation in the state of Illinois uh, for smaller groups. Maybe there's consulting along the way that you're trying to hire an employee, you're trying to strategically implement the health insurance for them. Maybe they're an executive or key man that you're trying to get on board. Maybe you want to change it for key man and executives. And so those are consultations and service work throughout the year. And if we added that in there, it's probably about three to four hours on a 10 life group that are enrolled. And so if you Take 300 times four, you're at 1,200. So if we add the proposal stage, the open enrollment, and if we add in the service throughout the rest of the year, you're at about $3,900 in what total value of an agency, insurance agency brings to a company. At the same time, on that same case, on average, we're getting paid 3,600. We're actually in the hole. So we do all this legwork, provide all this value, and uh, we didn't even get into other services such as the 
technology piece for the onboarding, linking up with payroll. We didn't talk about limited HR services to get the right advice and current laws and updates. We didn't talk about other wellness programs that are put into place or extra uh, programs that employees are asking for to be in the workplace. So there's all these extra things that we haven't even got to yet and we're already in the hole. But in some cases, you're not going to expend that uh, amount of hours and we have overhead, we have you know, copy machines, we have employees, we have knowledge base um, centers, we have uh, updates in our own industry that we have to make sure we keep up with all the current trends so we can make sure that you're ahead of the game as a uh, employer of choice. And so there's all the things that go into it and we're already in the hole. But there are ways that we can move around that, but at least if you have a, a good perspective on how we get paid, where we're at, and what we're bringing to the table, you could respect what we actually do for you and not be looked at as a free commodity because you're actually not technically paying for it at this moment in time. Hey gang, ever wonder what it's like to be a small business owner? It's confusing, weird expenses coming out of nowhere, and when you throw in health insurance, forget it. Nobody understands how that works. If you own a business, big or small, it's one of the biggest expenses you have all year long. And yet, we all wait until open enrollment at the end of the year, and then we think to ourselves, next year, next year I'll get a jump on it. And then it's another year of paying way too much. If you're a business owner, big or small, HR representative that wants to impress the boss, give Butch Zemar of Elite Benefits of America a call. Save yourself or your boss thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars a year. Reach out to Butch right now, 708-535-3006, or shoot him an email, butch at elitebenefits.net. And be sure to check out the Zmar podcast. Don't wait till the last minute. Put Butch Zmar to work for you now. I know some people would say, well, what if it's more than 10 employees because they make a lot more money? And in some cases, that's true. Some of these large brokers out there are working with accounts and servicing their accounts, and they're making fifty dollars to $100,000 worth of revenue to the agency. So built into the commissions, they are being pre, or, uh, the employers prepaying the commissions for the um, broker, and they're getting paid the month following after the premium payments are there. And so I'm not saying that they're not worth getting paid fifty dollars to $100,000 a year. Uh, I do believe that Insurance agencies do bring the value to the table that makes it warranted in, the, in any contract, a consultant contract, whatever it might be, to make sure that they have your back when implementing a really good employee benefits program for your company. What you should be doing is trying to exercise your right of what you're paying for to make sure you're getting the value back on the money you're paying. Because obviously that's large company, that, that's not small, that's not the, the average size in Chicagoland area, I think are less than 30 employees, they're not compensating $50,000 a year. So I'm just using that as an, a benchmark or an example of just making sure that you're getting the value of what you're prepaying and your premiums for the commissions. To us, it's worth having that additional revenue when you have more employees because there's more service work, you have onboarding on. Uh, and offboarding. Um, you have other compliance issues that have to come into play. Maybe there's filing and you have to make sure you're advised at the right time. Uh, there's all these scenarios that come into play 
that warrant extra commissions that are involved. It could be moving to technology platforms. A lot of brokers provide that at no additional cost. That's going to probably change in the future. They might be charging for some of that because it costs us money. And our margins are getting thinner and thinner as time goes on. And there may be uh, definitely just more service work throughout the year. Maybe that you demand more out of the insurance agency versus um, doing it in-house through your HR department. Maybe you need other resources to help retain and attract more clients. We have to retain people. There's resources that we have to get access to that just in case you need it uh, or just in case we need it to help you. And so uh, there's a lot of things that are involved there, more innovation that comes in, more knowledge base, and we do a lot to bring, um, bring to the table, assuming that we're actually doing our job. One of the reasons for the breakdown, you need to understand this from start to finish. Um, you don't have to understand insurance. You don't have to completely understand what we do. But you have to understand the value and what we're actually doing versus presenting a proposal, signing up, and you're paying the premium. And we're, ta- we're collecting the premium and, and running to the hills with it. And that's completely not the case. There is a newer business model that's come into tuition and has been for years. Larger employers have moved to this model in a lot of ways. They're moving to straight fee base. So on a smaller scale, so if you're a smaller employer uh, under 100 lives, you may be still paying your premiums in addition to the fees. And that's just the way it'll go. But we're providing value for that we're representing as a uh, consultant. Again, this is a newer model. Not all agencies are implementing this. On the larger scale, they could actually reduce or eliminate the commissions built into the premiums to lower your health care costs, but then they're going to turn around and charge consultant fees for each step of the game, proposal, implementation, the servicing, the renewal, and then you could actually break it apart and make it easier. You could keep your current agent if you choose to, and you could outsource these other stages as a consultant because maybe your guy, you like him, he's your brother-in-law, whatever it might be, you want to make sure that they're taken care of. Uh, They just don't have the innovation or skill set to bring in new products, right? Well, we need to get paid for that time. There's tons of employers that will go to another broker, collect all that intellectual knowledge, and give it to them so they can go back to their current broker for them to do it. So we did all the homework, the research, and you gave it to somebody else. But that time has to be paid for. And so you could do that. You could hear it. You could take the proposal. I just need to get paid for it. Now, that new broker, such as myself, um, will actually give you a financial incentive to do business, uh, such as charging you for the proposal, but giving back if we win the business or credited back towards the consultant fee or commissions throughout the year. And so that's why a lot of brokers are moving to a hybrid model, or in some cases, they're invoicing consultant fees. They're giving some of this fee base back to the employer in lieu of commissions or in lieu of other consultant contracts. And they're even putting in performance-based wording. So if the insurance broker doesn't perform, they don't get paid. And so they're giving up some of their commissions if they don't do their job. And, and then, but you're rewarding them for doing the job that they're doing. 